Hi listeners, you're welcome to Family Alive Ministry, aka FAM. God began the world with a family, and it must be our goal to maintain that plan. A godly family will produce a godly world. We hope as you listen to this message, the vision to restore God's plan in families would be impressed on your heart. Now, today's message. Right, so I want to start off by saying that death is the enemy of man. Death is the enemy of man. Death is never the friend of anybody. Amen. Sometimes when you look at the African tradition, you think death is our, is our friend. The way we like death and run after death. <laughs> there's no good thing out of death or in death. Whenever there is death, there's separation of families and the joy in the home is taken away. Joy is taken away when death shows up. And death carries fear. Anytime someone dies, there is fear enter their heart. Mm. Me too. Am I also going to die? <laughs> While we are mourning the passing of somebody, we are also in fear. Often that's what death does. That's why death is nobody's friend. Because as a matter of fact, when death comes to the one next to you, it's aiming at you. <laughs> so never mistaken and think that death is anybody's friend. It's never anyone's friend. Death carries fear, and fear was not part of what God wanted man to experience from the beginning. As some of us, when you look at the experience of Jesus with the disciples, Jesus kept on telling them, do not fear. Do not fear, or fear not. So fear is never anything that God wants man to experience. Are you mean? And death also carries the sense that nothing lasts forever. Anytime there's death, it tells us nothing lasts. lasts. Love doesn't last forever. Hope doesn't last. Because sometimes there are people that we are so hopeful what's going to turn out in their lives, and then it's death. So it means that even our hope is cut short. Our aspirations are cut short. Anytime there's death, that's what it implies. But this doesn't sit well with us. Because when we read the Bible, the Bible makes us understand that yet God has made everything beautiful in its own time in Ecclesiastes. And he said he has planted eternity in the heart of, in the human heart. So anytime there's death, man is conflicted. Because deep inside of every man is a longing to, la- to live forever. Hey, am I making some sense? Oh, you don't want to live forever. It's the reality of all men. That's why when we start growing old, we start jogging. Uh, why? <laughs> because something deep inside of us says that no, no, I, I, let me go extra. <laughs> Are you with me? There's eternity planted in our hearts. God has planted the seed of eternity. So whenever there's a presence of death, we are conflicted. Mm. We carry in us a hope of beating death. That's how we drink the herbal medicines. <laughs> but all the herbal medicine, you hear this, you go for it. You hear this, you go for it. You hear it. A doctor is in town, it's your friend. I mean, we just want to beat death. <laughs> Are you in the house? Yeah. Mm. Ancient Egyptians believed in the resurrection from the dead. 
as a way of beating death. And because of their belief, it led them to call, you know, the mummy case, the one that they put the mummy in, they call it the chest of the living. <laughs> and they place a scrap beetle in the corpse heart. Anytime they're planting the corpse, they place that in the heart of the corpse. And the reason why they do so because they believe that that um, insect will usually put its lava, buries it in in the soil, and then after some time, it emerges as a new insect. So they place that in the heart of the corpse so that hopefully the dead will rise. Mm. So man has always hoped that there will be a coming back from dead. Mm. Are you in the house? When Socrates lay dying, he was dying, he was asked, Socrates, a great philosopher, was asked, Shall we live again? To which he replied, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Everybody hopes. It's just that many carry a dead hope. They hope to live forever. They hope to live again should they die. But they carry a dead hope. Why? Because their hope is in wrong things. Mm. For those of us that put our hope in medicines for resurrection... <laughs> Are you in the house? Look at the one next to you and shake your nose. Know, neighbor, if you put your hope in herbal medicine, in the, what do you call it, uh, orthodox medicine, in uh, all manner of medicines, <laughs> uh, it's a dead, it is a dead hope. It's a dead hope. Ah, recently we had to bury one of our brother's fathers. Sick, carry here, carry there, carry there. Just leaves and goes. Mm. Okay, so in, on this day we celebrate resurrection. What is resurrection? Resurrection means standing up again of the dead. <laughs> the standing up again, the root meaning is standing up again of the dead or to be brought back, to be brought back or to live again. Standing up again of the dead, or to be brought back, or to live again. Now, to live again, this, you want to talk about resurrection, it's not just in the spirit ex existence. Because the African, a lot of religions believe in the living again, but it's not in the bodily flesh. It's in the spiritual realm. But when you talk about resurrection, you're not talking about in the spiritual sense. In the spirit sense, you're talking about the body. Hey. Are you with me? Living again in bodily mood after the body had died. That's what resurrection is. Mm. So, anytime you want to study, sometimes you go back in order to go forward. So, going back on resurrection, it's amazing what you find. How resurrection or the theme of resurrection has always been in the Old Testament. You know, when you look at, they said the Old Testament is Christ concealed. The New Testament is Christ revealed. And when you go to the Old Testament, with the eye of the Spirit, you will see Christ all over the Old Testament. And Christ is very prominent in the Old Testament. Resurrection is very prominent in the Old Testament, pointing to us or showing to us that there is going to be the resurrection of the dead. Hey, am I making some sense? Uh-huh. 
How many of us? Some people like uh, zombie ap- ap- apocalypse movies, right? The zombies. Uh... <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't know how some people enjoy such movies, but some people love it, pal. So the first example I'm going to show you in Genesis. So go way back to Genesis. Genesis 20, um, Genesis 22. You 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 see the story of um, Abraham. God tells Abraham, Abraham, take your son and go and sacrifice him. And Bible makes us understand that Abraham took his son, journeyed to go and just sacrifice his son. Now, when you read there, Bible makes us understand that at the brief moment when he was about to sacrifice his son, what did God do? God gave him a ram as a, a replacement, right? But let's jump to, how do you call it, Hebrews 11 17 to 19, let's read. If you can give me the NIV. It says, By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had received the promise was about to sacrifice one and only son. He knew that this boy was a boy of promise. And that this boy, God said, through him, I'm going to raise plenty generations. And yet God says, go and sacrifice this son. Mm. Okay, let's move on. Verse, it says, even though God has said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Um, the next verse. Abraham reasoned that God could what? Abraham reasoned that what? God could raise the dead. And figuratively speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. So when Abraham was going to offer Isaac, he had resurrection, resurrection hope in his heart. That even if I kill, or God made me kill this boy, he'll come back again. Hey, shake your neighbor next to your neighbor. The resurrection is our hope. The resurrection is our hope. It's our hope. It's our hope. It's our hope. The resurrection is what? Hey, you're in the house. Yeah. <laughs> mm. The second example I'm going to give you. Let's go to Job. Job 19, 25 to 27. Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end he will what? Stand upon the earth, the next verse. And after my skin has been what? Destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. <laughs> Go on the next one. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. Job was saying that when my flesh is destroyed, when I am dead, yet I will see God. And then he's talking about, I myself will see in my own, with my own eyes. It's not talking about spiritual, it's talking about the, the ish. Can you see resurrection? Tell the one, let's look at the one again and tell the person, resurrection is our hope. Resurrection is our hope. Mm, amen. Hallelujah. Then let's go to, we also know the story of Ezekiel, Ezekiel 37, the dry bones. You know the story of the dry bones? Uh-huh. And that story talks about the restoration of Israel. The bones are dead in the valley, no hope. And God's word comes 
And God said, Ezekiel, will he live? And Ezekiel said, I don't know. You are the God. You know. <laughs> you know, you're the man, you know. And God says, okay, I like that. Speak to it. And Ezekiel starts speaking to it. And then the bones, the bones, flesh, everything. And Bible makes us understand that they came back to life. Now, it talks of restoration, but it uses, it depicts uh, um, resurrection of the dead. So it uses a theme of the restoration, um, sorry, it uses a theme of um, resurrection to talk or to show restoration for Israel. So even in the Old Testament, you see all over, God has this picture of resurrecting the dead. Hmm. Somebody, I've actually had someone say, look, if you take the Bible and you're studying the Bible, the movies you can come out with, it will shock you. The half of the movies, this action movie go to the Bible. Because the Bible has zombies and all, everything is inside. <laughs> Are you in the house? Then the last one is 2 Kings 4. That one I would like to ask you to read. 2 Kings 4, 18 to 37. It talks about the, the, the raising from the dead of the Shunammite woman. You know the story? The child grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was the reapers, with the reapers. My head, my head, he said to his father. His father told the servants, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on, the, on her lap until noon, and then he died. Mm. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man. Of God quickly and return. Why go to him today? He asked. It's not a new moon or the Sabbath. It's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Lean on, don't slow, don't slow down for me unless I tell you. What a wild woman. The, the father, I don't think the father knew the child was dead. <laughs> the many things men don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a serious woman. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to the servant, Gehazi, look, there's the Shunammite. He said, run to meet her and ask her, are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything all right, she said. Um, then she reached to the man of God at the mountain. She took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She's neither be, she is in bitter distress. But the Lord has hidden, how do you call it? Has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes. <laughs> Human beings will complain first. This is nothing of a drama. Hmm. <laughs> This is also some of the challenge of women. <laughs> the drama no does to do do. <laughs> Elijah said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Amen. Well, lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Ah, I think I have to preach a good message here. The determination of the woman. <laughs> wow. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was a the boy lying dead 
on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them, and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed, laid upon the boy, the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out upon him, the boy's body grew warm. Ish. Ish. The next verse. That's it. From the dead. The body grew what? He wasn't talking about spirit. His body. So one of the things I want to make clear to you is that anytime I talk about the resurrection, the body is in, is in sight. Hey, are you in the house? Okay. So that's the Old, Old Testament. Can we jump to the New Testament? The New Testament, we can start with Luke 11. Luke 7, 11 to 17. It talks about Jesus raising the, the, the body of um, that boy. The woman from Nain. I hope I get it. So afterwards, Jesus went to a town called what? Mm. And his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. Let's go on. And he approached the town gate, and a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those carrying it too still. He said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up. The dead man resurrected. Hey. The dead man did what? Resurrected. Yeah. Resurrected. Good movie. How many of you watch WWF? Is it WWF? Is it? The, um, wrestling. WWE. Yeah. That was WWF. Uh, we will know WWF. I'm telling you, they don't know. WWF was. <laughs> WWF, yeah, yeah, World Wrestling Federation, yeah. <laughs> you see, you see, this one has separated the the, the generations. <laughs> but this guy, the Undertaker, he's the way he, he gets up. He lies and he just gets up once. Hey, the big gets up, the whole place changes. I'm just picturing this guy just getting up like that. You know, the man, the dead man just sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. It looks as if mothers seem to have most of their children come back. Mm. It's a message. Mothers are you in the house. Mothers are you in the house. Never count your children dead. Amen. Even when it looks as if their behavior and things is gone, never count them dead. Because there's something about the compassion of a mother and the faith of a mother that moves the hand of God. I think the men will reason it out. Akrana, they were not here, man. You know, but don't give up on your child, mothers. Amen. So, that dead, that dead also came back to life. Then, we have... Lazarus' resurrection. And that's where I'm going to end my emphasis and things on. Lazarus' resurrection. 
That's John 11, 1 to 44, which is quite long. We're not going to read everything. But what I want us to do is that I want us to jump to, to 30. Let me see. Jump to 30. Let me see. Are you in the house? I hope you are being blessed. Okay. Now, Jesus had not entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. Let's go on. When the Jews who had, begun, who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was, Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Okay. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and trouble. Where have you laid him? He asked, come and see. Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Mm. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could, he, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Majority of our, the, 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 <laughs> the, and the hope we all have is just before the grave. Because we know that the minute the grave comes in, the situation is lost. Now, I want to give you the reason why we celebrate resurrection and why we should continue to celebrate um, resurrection and why the enemy hates our celebration. Are you with me? Okay. Jesus came. Jesus once, more, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, Martha said, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad order, for he has, he has been there four days. Now the Jews believe that when somebody dies for three days, their spirit is still around. So in a sense, there's a hope they've come so that's why Jesus waited. So that there's without any shadow of doubt. So they've come to a conclusion that there's no hope. Hey, I'm making some sense. Uh -huh. <laughs> he knew what it was God, God was going to do through him. Amen. Are you in the house? Hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, it is nice. <laughs> This was like move your hair. So you are sitting on the edge of your seat. Right. Let's go on. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. So in a sense, Jesus didn't need prayer. His prayer is because of the faithless people that have gathered. Now, why is that Jesus doesn't need prayer? Because Jesus had said something earlier that had shown the power he carried or who he was. 
Are you in the house? Hmm. It can be found in, go back to 25. 25. Or let's, let's, let's go to 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mm. But then look at what she said. But Martha said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection at the what? Last day. You know, sometimes you can be saying the same thing. I'm not saying the same thing. This was the situation. <laughs> and sometimes we intercept people and say, oh, I know what you're about. But you don't know. You don't know the implication of his words. Because why? Resurrection on your mouth is different from resurrection on Jesus' mouth. Mm. They may be the same word, but they mean different things. So Jesus has to lay the emphasis to, the, uh, uh, to Martha and look at it from the same tribe. What does he say? It says, Jesus said to her, Can we read, shall we all read on? One, two, three, what does it say? Mm. One more time. I am. I am is a reference to God. I am righteousness. I am your peace. One of the other names of God is resurrection. Because God's name is what he is. What he is is his name. Mm. So he said, I am the resurrection. In a sense, I'm not going to just raise that guy up. <laughs> I am the reason why he will rise. That's what it means. I'm not just going to raise him. I am the reason why he rise. In a sense, what it means is that there is no resurrection of the dead without Jesus. Come on, let's give God some glory. Amen. There is no resurrection of the dead. So let any man believe what they believe. If Jesus is not at the center of their faith, there's no rising again. There is no resurrection of the dead without Jesus. And remember, like I said, fear is a, a fear of death, or death is one of the greatest enemies of, of, of man. So when Jesus came and ah, yeah, 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 yeah. because of because of um, you see, Jesus didn't have to die to save us, but he had to die to save us. Because in dying, he dealt with the one thing that is our greatest enemy. And he changed the calculation. That's why I said, <laughs> hey, are you in the house? Oh, are you in the house? Shake your neighbor, shake your neighbor. I said, neighbor. I didn't hear the, I heard the, I heard the, I heard the. Oh, shake your neighbor. I said, it's nice, it's nice, it's nice. <laughs> hey, what an amazing God. What did he what Jesus said in Revelations, Revelations 1, 18. He says, I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I live forever and ever. And what? I hold the keys of what? Man's greatest enemy was death. So God had to face it and take its authority and give it back to man. So that now all the devil can do because of sin, he can kill the flesh 
but he hasn't got the power to determine what you do. I, I don't have, the, the power for you to live again is in God's hands. Think about it. All the devil can do is kill the flesh. But the power of life forevermore is in the hands of God. That's why we, we, we celebrate the resurrection. Because it means that even though we die, we live. Hey, am I making some sense, somebody? Even though what? We die, we live. And this one thing that the devil knows so much, that it pains him. You don't know. Look, I was saying on this thing, I'm sure the demon that orchestrated, that brought the strategic plan to kill Jesus. And after they killed Jesus and then they saw what they had done, that demon lost his round. <laughs> because they, look, if the devil knew what he knows now, he will never touch Jesus. Hey, Jesus tells the I am the resurrection. I am. Hallelujah. So, one of the, so sometimes in your worship, when you say, look, you are the resurrection. You are the resurrection. We have to proclaim on Resurrection Sunday, we declare you are the resurrection. And you are the life. You are resurrection and you are what? Somebody shouts, you are the resurrection. And you are life. You are life. You are life. You are what? Amen. Like I've already said, let me just round it up by saying that, look, anytime, like I said, anytime I talk about the resurrection, I talk about the body. It means that, in a sense, there's coming a time where all of us who die or those who die in God are going to have a body back. Get this. When you are making, well, somebody's making argument, and these are things you must understand. We are talking about body. The only thing is going to be a glorious body. Now, how do we know that? Because when Jesus died and he rose again, and you have to understand this, that the Jew, the, his, even his disciples were struggling with his resurrection. Even though he had said and all that, they, they were struggling with it. Why? Because it was a hard, in quotes, reality to accept that the one who died, Eric, you can touch him again. It's not in the glory, in, it's not in a, a spirit form. You can touch him. In a sense, he's the same person, but better, better package. What are you talking about? Hallelujah. So someday, and that's how, you know, often when we go to, we go to um, funerals, see sometimes the way some people cry and weep. You don't know whether it's the depth of, uh, the, depth of uh, the, the funeral or, uh, <laughs> you, you can't tell. <laughs> or their last hope is gone. <laughs> Whichever it is. But sometimes you see some Christians weep as if we don't know. As if it's, it's gone. But it's not true. As long as the person is in Christ, you will see the person again. Hey. Yeah. Hallelujah. Have you lost somebody in, in, in the Lord before? Yeah. You'll see them again. Hey, come on. Let's give God some glory. Hallelujah. We shall see them what? Again, we won't see them floating in the this thing. Oh, no, no, that's not. Because <laughs> you watch movies, that's what they apply. Somebody dies, they will go. No, 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 no. We are talking, I want to talk about resurrection. We are talking about the fact that someday, bodily, someday, and that also implies that, look, someday when, when Christ returns and there's resurrection all over, get this, look. Look, some people say, oh, Christianity is boring. They're going to go to heaven and floats, floats, 
float in the sky. Jimmy floating in the sky. Christianity is more real than the fantasies in your head. Because someday we are going to have body. I don't know what I'm saying. There's some hope in me that's coming to your heart. So that when you are getting to the place when you're about dying, hey, the place has gone quiet. <laughs> you are not going to die now. But I say when it gets to a place when you have done your work. Was it yesterday I was watching with Nohad or somebody, this guy in one of these countries. He's like, he's like a, a, you know the mummy, the way the body becomes dry and small and brown shield. That's it. That's the person. The person is not dead still. 140 something or whatever. I said, what? I can show that the person just doesn't want to die. They've taken some herbals and things that are keeping them, even though they are dead. They don't want to die. Are, people are just afraid of death because they don't have any hope. Like I said, they have a dead hope. But for the righteous, those who have given their life to Jesus, we have a living hope. Yeah. Hallelujah. So at the graveside, we'll tell a brother, till we meet again, it's true. We will meet again. Hey, we'll do what? We will meet again. We will meet again someday. All those have gone ahead of us. The mighty men of God. Right? Yeah. All some people have written up, we've read about. We will meet them again. The Catherine Coleman, we will meet them again in the flesh. Hey, are you with me? Yeah. Because their Lord was and is the one, the resurrection from the dead. That's Jesus. Are you in the house? Shake your neighbor next to you and tell her, we'll meet again, we'll meet again, we'll meet again. You see the way, when you're talking about death, it's, it's well. These are the hard stuff. Now, the other, the other thing about the resurrection that shows how powerful and how true it is is because, let me show you, the believers were not willing to die just on account of a body of teachings. If it was a body of teachings alone, they wouldn't have died. Why? Because if you have taught me how to lay my bed this, and that's what you did, you taught me how to lay my bed, and someone doesn't agree with me, I'm not going to die for that. I'll keep myself, I'll keep it quiet. But one of the reasons why the believers were willing to die was because they saw, they've seen him. That was why they were ready to die. Because they saw their, their Lord die and come back to life. And part of the reason why, I believe part of the reason why we are not sharing the gospel so enthusiastically like they is because we are not convinced of the resurrection. We are not convinced of the resurrection. To some of us, it's still a story. So I want to read it, it's a Bible story. The Christians I believe it's a story. Some of the statistics were done in, I think in the UK. Now it's barely how many people, barely 20 something people believe in a resurrection story. Then when you mention it, oh, I don't believe in a resurrection. Meanwhile, the resurrection is the pivotal point of faith that determines our victory or our, um, how do you call it? That's it, because... As a fact, if there's no resurrection, Bible living says our faith is useless. If there's no resurrection when we're dead, yes, you're wasting our time. Are you with me? Aha. Uh-huh. So they were willing to go around the world and die for their faith. Shake your neighbor next to you and say, neighbor, there's a rising from the dead. There is a rising. 
Tell the, tell the person, there's a rising from the dead. There's a rising. Tell the person, there's coming a time where the dead are going to rise. The dead. The dead in the Lord are going to what? rise. Paul says that when the, how do you call it? The trumpet sound, the dead. He even said, look, the sea will even give up its dead. The sea will give up its dead. Because you, hey, I can imagine that moment. Hey. Listen, if you are not dead, you are, you are dead, you start seeing things. Like, hey, they went across from. Hey, you are here, but only God knows the dead bodies, the dead here. They come, come, coming back alive. What are you talking about? Amen. Tell them, I believe in the resurrection. I believe. I believe in words. I believe in the resurrection. Now, the resurrection also means, this is what it means. It made Jesus an approved mediator between God and man. What do you mean by that? Listen, by Jesus dying and rising, he still lives. And he's still a relevant priest between us and God. If Jesus had died and never rose again, we don't have a mediator. Do you get it? Yeah, it means that because we said he's still alive. Bible said he's seated at the right hand of the Father. The resurrection is a sign that Jesus is still an approved mediator between us and God. That's why it's that we pray. We, we must wear white and just give God some glory. Hallelujah. Wear some white. Tell about wear some white and just and just and just. <laughs> And then, by dying and resurrecting from the dead, Jesus took away the fear and death. So any believer that is afraid of death, Jesus wonders, where do you stand? Don't look at the death in the face and say, oh, death. What did Paul say? Where is thou thy, what? thy sting? Oh, death. Where is thou thy sting? As one of the Bible makes us understand, the last enemy that God will deal with fully will be death. Yeah. He said, when everything is put together, the last enemy is that God is going to put death, going to deal with death and put death under, uh, uh, under his feet. Yeah. Hmm. Do you get it? Yeah. So we have to look at death in the face. And, yeah. There are times people tell me that somebody is dying. Your immediate response is going to be f- being afraid. But no. Can to look at death in the face and say, oh, you are just a dog. Anytime I, I hear people, people, somebody said, ask, did they live for the Lord? That's my question. The minute they say they live for the Lord, I say, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, hearing the passion of uh, great bishop's son. The question you have to ask is, oh, oh, he's so young. But I don't children are dying. It's not that. The key question, did you live for the Lord? If the person lived for the Lord, then there is hope of resurrection. As long as they hope for the resurrection, we shall not be afraid of death. Trust me, the minute as a believer you start harboring the fear of death, you can never do anything for God. You can never do anything for God. I've said it before that, look, anytime you are handling fear, you are giving the weapon to the devil. That's the tools the devil uses. Fear in any form, the devil, you're arming the, you're, you're arming the devil. But you want to you want to include arm God, give him faith. Because those are tools that God's hand can work with. So, in every form of fear, including the fear of death, never allow death to hold you in ransom as a believer. Never. 
You have to look at, sometimes you have to look at death the face and say, hey. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> Hallelujah. You know one of the powerful things about, about weapons that if you pick a weapon and the person you are, you probably want to attack the person with, the person is not afraid of it. All of a sudden, you have taken the power out of that, that weapon. Are you with me? Yeah. You take a knife and the person starts laughing. All of a sudden, you wonder, am I holding a knife or I'm, I'm holding? The, uh, then now you are questioning yourself. So anytime we are not laughing death in the face, we are arming the devil more. I remember some years ago, we had to go to, we had to go on missions to the north. Hey, that's easy. People were seeing visions of accidents. <laughs> All of a sudden, it was fear. I could tell it was fear. It wasn't that I'm somebody of an extraordinary faith. I wouldn't say faith is even a gift I carry. But I could tell it was fear. And then one of our guy's parents, he wanted to come, and then the parent was like, it's far, the road, started expressing all the points of fear. And then this is what the, 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 the parents said. The parents said, no, don't allow him to go because of these indications, in, indications that they have listed. And I said, okay, why don't you rather put your son in the mid so you can pray? So that your son becomes a ground for safeguarding of the rest. But you're taking your son out so that the rest can go and die. <laughs> and I saw the power of fear. It was just fear. Because all the times that we go, oh, Samaya's mother, the rest, uh, our mothers, they have to deal with their fear by faith. And they pray. Because their children are going, so they, they stand and, God and pray, pray you through. But you, you have taken your son out. On top of that, African man, African fear is the fear of death. But this morning, amen. I <laughs> said tonight. But this morning, but this morning, we have overcome the fear of death. Come on, Hallelujah! Bible says in Romans eight eleven, and if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also what give life to your mortal bodies because of the Spirit who lives inside of you. Amen. He will give life to my body. Someone say He will give life to my body. Hallelujah. Bible says First Corinthians six fourteen it says, by His power God raised the Lord from the dead, and will also raise us also. I came to encourage you with this word. That the resurrection means that there's life. There is life. And the things that we fear, we don't need to fear. We just have to trust God. Um, trust God. Someone say trust God. Trust what? Trust the word of the Lord. Okay? Everybody will go through moments where they will be afraid. But you choose whether you are going to live with it or let your faith work. Are you with me? Recently, one of the boys was telling me about about the, you know, the parents are not too well. And I just can imagine the frustration and the, and the heartaches to hear of the unwell parents. 
you know. We all wish everybody can live forever. Mm. But I, I bet you, living forever in this part of this, this world. And I like the wisdom that is here. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Living in African economies. <laughs> it's not worth it. Don't seek to live long in this part. Seek to live long in him. Am I making some sense? Yeah. And look, these things, I know, look, all of you are going to live plenty years. You are not dying. Come and say amen. amen. But it's not about how long you live here. It's about your understanding and your anchor in the power of the resurrection. That's one thing you have to know. Young people, you have to believe these things. You have to hold dear to them. They are the foundations of the faith, especially the Christian faith. Resurrection. Are you with me? You have to believe it. You have to believe it. Because the resurrection becomes our hope. Our greatest hope of tomorrow. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God some shout and praise. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. We hope you were blessed by this message. For more information, please visit our social media websites on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Family Alive Ministry. Please subscribe, follow, like, and share. God bless you and have a great week.